Hey church, we are in our One Another series called Revive One Another, and we've been talking about all these One Another themes. So we've done One Another Light, One Another Purpose, One Another Forever, and today we're doing One Another Truth, which truth is one of our core values here at Trinity Life. And uh, Missy, I think, talked about the belt of truth earlier and how it holds everything together, it girds that whole armor together. And so truth is so vital to community. And we've also been talking about community throughout this series. So um, I have Archie with us today. He's one of our leaders Hello. here at, at Trinity Life, one of our R3 leaders. And um, again, this series is all about us just hearing from the Lord for our formation, how the Lord wants to form us, and we're giving that to you. And uh, all we've done is read over this passage by meditating on it, uh, reading it over and over again, um, asking the Lord what he wants to speak to us. We have done that with no commentaries, no, no extra help or anything, just saying we have the Spirit of God, and this is his word. And so let's see what you have to say, Lord. And, uh, and today, as we talk about one another truth, um, I hope that as we share what, what God has said to us, um, that it aligns with that theme. That would be good. Indeed. Yeah. So let's start, Archie, by going into the first, first few words here. He says, children, and he's already called us in the beginning of this chapter, my little children. And we talked about, I talked about that with Emily and how that creates this. Uh, it opens us up to this intimate relationship with God. Uh, as his children. I mean, John is writing this to believers, and so he's viewing them as as his children in that sense, uh, this intimacy there. And so with, with, he's reminding them that here, hey, children, like this is a dear, uh, an endearing, a dear children type of language to draw them in. In verse 7, he called them his beloved. That's, that's language that's also used uh, by God in the scriptures. And then he says, it is the last hour. So he's, he's setting the stage here. That's, this is a different tone from what we've been talking about mm-hmm. already. This is something is coming to an end. Last week we talked about, I talked about with, with Michelle that the, the world is passing away. Uh, the week before that with J-Man talked about the darkness. It talks about darkness is passing away. The true light has come, in, has come into the world um, you know, and then who, whoever does the will of God abides forever. So there's a passing away. There's a forever going forward. And now he says to us, to the church, it's the last hour. It's time for us to figure out where our allegiance lies. It's time for us to figure out uh, what the truth is and to grasp a hold of that. And, and so that this those first, what, five words? One, two, three, six words. Um they, uh, they set the tone for the entire passage. So as you've read, as you've read over this, as you've meditated on this passage, as you've prayed over it, as you've just tried to listen to God and, and hear and obey, what's, what's one thing that God's been talking to you about? Well, what you said about uh, the start of this really stuck out to me. Uh, I wanted to read through it quickly the first couple times to get an overview, but I found myself stopping at that first phrase. Mm. Uh, I think when someone says this is the last hour, it gives a sense of seriousness and urgency, like you said. And uh, so it uh, made me stop and pay attention and even just meditate on that a bit. Like, uh, 
whatever else is coming here has a seriousness to mm. it. Uh, we need to really listen. And I like what you said about uh, those two parts. That, Dear children, this is the last hour. A lot of times when we think of someone uh, promoting or talking about the end times, we think of someone at Young Dundas Square, the end is near, uh, someone yeah. who's distant from us, who's yelling, do I pay attention, do I not? But to see that urgency and uh, seriousness from someone who has that close relationship. This isn't yeah. just John speaking to random people, uh, although it's he spoke through the ages to all of us who he, he didn't know personally, but he's writing this <laughs> yeah. to people he cares about who right. he has that intimacy, like you're saying. Uh, so that was the I, first the first thing that uh, stuck out I, to me. I love that. Um, I think, so let's, let's think, I thought about this when you just put it together. Um, you know, you hear parents a lot of times Kids are, you're over at someone's house, the kids are playing, they're having a good time, they're doing their thing. And what do, and a lot of parents give like a five minute warning. <laughs> like it's the last hour, you know, hey, hey, you got five minutes. And what does that do to the child? Well, uh, what it actually not, not does. Your children. <laughs> what it should do. <laughs> what it should, yeah, what it should do. What it should I say do. five minutes, my kids interpret it as 25. But uh, <laughs> what it should do, if I use the right tone of voice, uh, they know it's time to wrap things up. It's time to, if I want to do this one last thing, I better do that last thing. Yes. Uh, if There's maybe been 20 things we're playing with our friends, but whatever we value the most, we're going to do at this point. So I think it uh, that warning gets you to... See, what, what do I value here? Yeah, I, I love that. So it prepares their hearts that the end is coming. And it says, how do I make the best use of that mm. time? Like, what do I value? What do I want to do in these last five minutes that, that I want to end, end on? And, and so that, that's what's happening. He's like, hey, children, you got a five-minute warning. <laughs> what do you want to do with, with the time that you have left? I mean, it's, it's Paul in Romans 13 that says, he says, besides this, you know, the time that uh, the end is near, essentially. The, the day is dawning, like the night is far gone, the, the day is at hand. Let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light, right? It's just this beautiful passage about the hours coming. So, and we live in this time now. So, there's oh, a, uh, just going off on this, I know we're spending a lot of time with no, the first great. verse, but... Uh, watched a movie uh, recently, um, Don't Look Up, starring Leonardo DiCaprio and Jennifer Lawrence. And the premise is they're the scientists who oh, yeah, notice yeah, yeah. that an as asteroid is going to hit the Earth in X number of days. And they try to tell people and some believe, some don't. But then once it gets to the point where everyone believes it, there's this weird thing that I think is really insightful to human nature where mm -hmm. you see people go in two totally different directions. Mm -hmm. Some mm -hmm. people just go the way of debauchery and let's drink and do drugs and... Um, do all we can because this is all there is. And then you see others that maybe still think that's all there is, but they start to focus on family. They start mm -hmm. to see what, what do I want to, um, what do I want my life to be known for even in these last few days, last few hours. So I think yeah. anytime we have this, sometimes it can just send us further on our own, own trajectory. If we're selfish, the end is near, I'm just going to be more selfish. If I'm following yeah. Jesus, I want to dig in more. But it's a chance for all of us, I think, to reevaluate and say, is the direction I'm going one I want to end with, or is this an opportunity with this warning to change and uh, focus on what matters most? And that's what starts happening in this passage, right? Mm -hmm. That's exactly what, what starts happening is he talks about, you've heard that Antichrist is coming, so now many Antichrists have come. Therefore, 
we know that it's the last hour. So those are the signs it's the last hour. Um, also, the inauguration of the last hour was Christ coming. And then you have other others who are the anti saying, hey, Christ has returned, but he hasn't. Mm-hmm. I mean, Thessalonians, Paul's dealing with this with them. They're like, oh, did Jesus come back? We missed him. <laughs> and so he's dealing with that there. So John's picking up on that. And, and then you have in verses 19 and following here, where you just talk about the paths diverging. Mm-hmm. Some, they went out from us because they weren't of us. For they, if they had been of us, they would have continued with us on, on that path. But they went out that it might be complained that they are not all or that they all are not of us. But you, in verse 20, have been anointed by the Holy One and you have all knowledge. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that, exactly what you're saying. Um, that last hour um, creates a, 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 a divergence in, in a sense. Um, and those who are in Christ, because we've just talked about all through First John, mm-hmm. abiding in him, walking with him, being in the light. So if that is the case for you and I, knowing that it's the last hour, well, that determines our path. That's a certain path with all those things in mind. Uh, for the person who isn't or doesn't agree with these things or believe these things, well, their path is going to be be different. Right? So, yeah, any thoughts on that divergence in, in John and how he talks about that? Any more thoughts on that before we go to the next couple verses? You uh, mentioned the abide uh, in translation as reading most. It talked about remaining. So there is an assumption John is writing here to those who are following Jesus. Uh, but there's this call a couple of times to remain or abide, stay with where you've been going, even if it gets harder. And that's part of the thing, right? I think in yeah. other um, of these conversations, you've talked about perseverance and endurance, and it might get harder to follow Jesus uh, yeah. in our lifetime, uh, in in the world. So uh, that call to remain. I, I remember when I was in my late teens, early 20s, really starting to be uh, more excited for God. It was always to me about taking new ground. And I still think that's, uh, I I want that. I want to be part of making disciples of all nations and uh, reaching our city. Uh, But something over time that's come along with that is I see the value of just sticking with it. Uh, Mm. Like in Ephesians, it talks about after all these things to stand, uh, that there's something amazing, noble, beautiful about standing firm Mm -hmm. that uh, we've come to know Jesus, know his truth, uh, to stick with that and not fall away from that. And maybe that's not as glorious or (laughs) epic as the the taking new ground part, but it's still something God values, treasures and rewards when we uh, stand and uh, stay firm. Yeah, that's really good. Um, I think it was with Jamie, we talked about this because he says, not this in particular, Mm -hmm. We talked about this. Yeah, it was with Jamie. Um, he says, I'm writing to you no new commandment, but an old commandment. Mm. It's like, hey, just do the things <laughs> that I've already told you to do. Yeah. Don't worry about the new things uh, or anything else. Like, just just stick to it. Just do the things that I already told you to do, and you'll be good. You're, you'll be fine. So, yeah, I, I love that. And there is this endurance, this perseverance, this bearing up under something that is a requirement of the Christian mm-hmm. faith. It's, it's the pilgrim's progress, right? right? In order to progress in our faith, we have to do that. We have to stick to these things that we know to be true, that we know to be good, that we know to be right. And, and so as he goes into this, he says, you've been anointed by the Holy One. You have that knowledge. Mm-hmm. 
And I write to you not because you don't know the truth. So he's talking to the church here. He's talking to followers of Jesus, people who say, at least, at least who have said they believe. Um, and he says, well, you know, you know the truth. I'm not writing to you because you don't, um, because you know it and because no lie is of the truth. Mm-hmm. Who is the liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? This is the Antichrist, he who denies the Father and the Son. So those who diverge, who have left, uh, who are not with Jesus, they're doing so because they're believing a lie. They're deceived. They're not believing the truth. They didn't stick, they didn't stick with the truth. Um, and that's tough because if you knew that what you believed was a lie, you wouldn't really want to believe that. Right. right? You assume it's true. Yeah. So you think it is true. And so how do you, I've always struggled with this. Like, how do you tell someone that what they're believing is actually a lie, that it's not the actual truth? And I think that's difficult if it's just you and I, like by ourselves having that conversation. But we have things that ground us, like Mm -hmm. the word of God, like community. Like if you have 100 people in your community and 99 are saying, don't like this is not the right way then you should probably listen at least give it a fair hearing yeah the humility to uh, hear (laughs) from community to as checks and balances right right um and and so there there is that and for for us here he starts with the holy one he starts with this anointing Mm -hmm. which is the holy spirit we've been anointed with the holy spirit i mean all over this passage I think uh, what I what I thought about anyways, because John wrote both books, he wrote the Gospel of John and then first, second, third John is the farewell discourse in John chapter 14, 15, 16, 17, like maybe even starting at 13, if, if you want to start that far. But the, the chunk of it is 14, 15 and 16. I mean, even even. I guess even 17, but yeah, like Jesus prayer that ends yeah, that discourse. Yeah. He gives, so in 13, he gives the new commandment where he says, uh, well, he calls them little children. Like it pointed out, uh, love one another, just as I loved you, you're to love one another. That's how people know you're my disciples. He talks about the way and the truth in life. And in 14, he says, he's going to send them the Holy spirit in 14 and 15. He talks about abiding in him, the vine and the branches, uh, he says, hey, if the world hated you, which the things of the world are not the things you're supposed to chase, if they hate you, they're going to hate me. Oh, sorry, if they hated me, they're going to hate you. Mm-hmm. Um, talks about the Holy Spirit again, like I'm giving you the spirit. And then, like you said, he goes into the, the high priestly prayers, what your subtitle might say in the scriptures uh, to end that discourse where he prays for his followers. But in here... He says this in chapter 16. He says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he'll declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me. So the spirit will glorify Jesus. And he will take what is mine, what is, what is Christ's, and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. So the Father has given it to the Son, and the Son 
gives it to the spirit. Therefore, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. So let's keep that in mind as we go through the rest of this passage here, because he talks about the, the Holy One. He talks about being anointed by him. Uh, and then he says, uh, I write to you the, the Antichrist stuff. And then he goes into uh, verse 23. Um, Archie, yeah, why don't you read verses 23 to 25 for us? Okay. No one who denies the Son has a father. Whoever acknowledges the Son has the Father also. As for you, see that what you have heard from the beginning remains in you. If it does, you also will remain in the Son and in the Father. And this is what he has promised us, eternal life. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah some, go ahead. Something that stuck out to me the most in this passage was coming back to the basics of the gospel. Like He's not saying what they need to know to... Uh, combat these antichrists uh, is this new level of apologetic knowledge or mm. they need to know. And mm. maybe those things could be useful if they know a bit more of the worldview they're coming from. But he takes them back. Know that the father sent the son. Right. What, uh, what remains as for you, see what you have heard from the beginning. This yeah. is okay, yeah. you, again, you said that before. It's not some new, new teaching, but it's, the basics. And we see this throughout scripture. I was thinking of Paul in 1 Corinthians, where in chapter 2, he says, I resolve to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Yeah. Or later in uh, chapter 15 of 1 Corinthians, he says, uh, and this is what you heard from the beginning. Christ died for our sins, was buried, was raised, uh, was seen by witnesses. Yeah. Uh, these are things that if we're going to combat uh, wrong teaching, if we're going to stay true uh, we need to hold to those simple truths and we never graduate from them. I like how Tim Keller says it, that uh, the gospel is not the ABCs of the Christian life. It's the A to Z, or we can translate A to Z uh, of the Christian life. Uh, yeah, it's that not. doesn't rhyme. Though, does it? <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. England, uh, true to the king. Um, <laughs> yeah, nice, nice catch. Uh, catch. Caught myself there. But um, yeah, I think there's a temptation, especially... Uh, if our personalities are more academic or intellectual, uh, mm -hmm. to always want something more. And the, the Bible is amazing. Like you could spend your whole life in this and always get new depth of truth, new nuance, or find uh, how things connect together. But we have to fight the temptation of looking for some new knowledge where I graduate to something that right. is beyond the gospel. Uh, like John who, uh, and Paul, who <laughs> knew Jesus as well as, as anybody, they kept bringing it back to the son and the father, the mm -hmm. things you've heard from the beginning, uh, the gospel, love each other. Um, yeah, that we never yeah. graduate beyond these basic yeah. truths. I, that's so good. Uh, two things. One is <laughs> I was at a, I used to, at a church when I was in university. Um, people were leaving, going to another church because their main complaint was, well, all you talk about is the gospel. And you're like, I guess you wouldn't have liked Paul. I, I know. <laughs> uh, what do you? And I wasn't the. I was. I was uh, part of that church. I wasn't in leadership or anything. Um, and I thought that was such a weird reason, because how do we ever tire of hearing about our mm -hmm. Savior give His life up for us in the world, and that He's given us this eternal. Right. right we just read it. Right, this promise that He made to us, eternal life. Like, and we're going to be hearing about this. We're going to be living it the rest of our lives. Like, 
if you tire of it now in a sermon here and there, it's uh, that I think that reveals something about your heart. And, and so love that these truths are so fundamental. Um, and I think just like a house can, can um, break down over time uh, and the found, a foundation can crack, I'm, I'm, I don't ever want to tire of mm. hearing about the fundamental foundational truths of the scriptures because I think as we live life, we can forget those sometimes mm-hmm. um, or they become less poignant to us. And, and so, yeah, we cannot over communicate those, those truths. And then you said this at the end, truth without love mm. is, uh, Paul says, is just a clanging symbol. It's a cacophony. It's a noise that nobody wants to hear. And so love is so vital. John's been talking about love all through this. He's going to talk about love all after this. Yeah. Um, and so all those truths have to be couched in, in love. And the, you can't separate the gospel and love. And that's what oh, yeah. frees us to love. Because if, if it was just the commands to love, I know I fall short. Like I think of uh, when it comes to helping uh, someone who... Um, have some friends who have different disabilities and I can have great intentions at the start, but then over time it's like, Oh, uh, I lose that, um, passion to help out, um, help out with them. And, but one of the things that keeps me loving when I'm tempted to not in my own strength is knowing the gospel, like how much God loved me. God didn't tire of loving me. He didn't save me part way. He didn't uh, do a bit for me and then let me do the rest on my own. He loved me all the way. And so the more I realize that and internalize that, the more freed up I am to, to love others in an enduring way, which I still suck at, but uh, (laughs) the gospel is changing me enough that I see when I compare myself to, whoa, how would I be without Jesus? And the little bit I do have to offer I can see the gospel transforming how I love. Yeah, that's so good. Um, that's that's really good. That's okay. <clears throat> Let's go to the last few verses here. Verses um, twenty six. Uh, yeah, twenty six to twenty seven. Uh, because I want us to keep in mind that that passage that I read out of John sixteen with the Holy Spirit, uh, who. Yeah, we'll, we'll go, we'll, I'll, I'll reference it as you read this. So he says in verse 26, I write these things to you about those who are trying to deceive you. So there's, there's things pulling them, just like us, there's things pulling us away from the gospel, from these basic foundational fundamental truths. Um, I say fundamental, not in the fundamentalist way, just they are fundamental. Basic, the basic foundational. Truths. Foundational, there we go. Um, and, uh, and we're, um, we're getting, we can get deceived even on those things sometimes. And so he's warning us, like, I'm writing these things about those who are trying to deceive you. But the anointing that you receive from him who abides in you. Okay, so, <clears throat> so he's kind of switched it. We're abiding in him. Now he's talking about the anointing you receive from him, uh, from him abides in you. And there's, uh, there's the Holy Spirit, right, that we were talking about earlier. So you receive this anointing from him. It abides in you. And you have no need that anyone should teach you. Now, that's a, that's a weird statement. So stop watching this right now. <laughs> Everyone just turned it off. <laughs> um, uh, what is, 
and and I was like, that's that's interesting. But when you read John, when you read John 16, he says this: when the Spirit of Truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. So that doesn't mean like we don't need teachers. It doesn't mean people can't instruct us and help us. But what that means is it has to align with the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit, right? It has to align with Him. And how do we know that? Because sometimes people would say, "Oh, well, the Lord told me this, or the Lord told me that." Well. We have to have the spirit and the word in conjunction with, mm-hmm. and in cooperation with one another, right? So, so that's how that's that's what he's referring to there. And then also he says, "But as his anointing teaches you, okay, he references that about everything and is true and is no lie, just as it has taught you, abide in him." Here's something from John 16 that I want to finish out talking about. The spirit doesn't speak on his own authority. He speaks on the authority of Christ. And so likewise, you know, we're in a culture and you especially in particular probably realize this more than a lot of people because you work uh, with university students um, where truth is, is well, it's relative. your truth. Yeah, it's relative. It's, it's, this is my truth and this is what I'm living my life by. And we live in a culture where that's, well, when someone says, well, that's my truth, it's like you're bound automatically to respect it. <laughs> yeah. right? There's no absolute truth anymore. It's, it's gone on the wayside because just whatever your truth is, well, that's good for you. If that makes you happy, Archie, fine. That makes me happy. You do you. Yeah. Don't you dare say that <laughs> phrase. <laughs> I'm, <sorry. laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I knew that would trigger I mean, you. It is what it is. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you do you, right? So, um. It's so key here that the Holy Spirit, even a person of the Mm. Trinity, does not even speak on his own authority. He's getting it from Christ. And where's Christ getting it from? The Father. The Father. He's like, I only do what he tells me to do. And my authority only is, I I only have it because he gave it all to me. And now I'm giving it all to you. So anything we do, any of, any of, like, let's say our truth isn't even ours. Like, it's not on our own authority. We've submitted ourselves to, mm-hmm. um, to another authority. And I, and I love pairing this with John 16, because I think John does it, because he wrote both. Um, and uh, he's trying to model Jesus Christ here. And then he says, now abide in him, based on that, based on that. Yeah, so any last words on, on any of that? Yeah, I think it's so important when we think about truth to... Uh, yeah, recognize it's about coming in alignment with something. It's not just about coming up with something on our own. Like, uh, yeah. for example, coming here today, the day of recording, uh, it was raining outside. I thought it was a light rain, so I decided to ro- ride my bike. Uh, pretty quick into my bike, I realized it was a heavy rain. And uh, you can't see it because I had a jacket on, but my pants are quite wet now. Uh, and so it didn't matter how sincerely I believed that it was dry outside. Uh, right. The rain was going to hit me. So the truth is going to affect us whether we believe wow. it or not. Uh, so we need to come alignment. And I think sometimes every, everyone recognizes that physically with rain or gravity. But uh, the same is true metaphysically with hmm. the existence of God. God's there whether we acknowledge him or not, whether we trust him or not. Yeah. And that you... Talked about that, yeah, uh, the spirit coming in alignment with the Father, or the Son and the Son with the mm-hmm. Father. Uh, one, I read this passage in a few different versions just to mm-hmm. uh, see different, yeah. uh, give different 
uh, angle on it. And the First Nations version, which is a newer version, mm-hmm. uh, it translates that abide in him or remain in him as remain in harmony with him. Mm. And I love the way it said that, like, given all of this, given how there's going to be false teachers, how the end is near, we need to remain in harmony yeah. uh, with God, with Jesus, with the spirit. Um, and if we do that, we'll remain in harmony with the truth. Uh, yeah. So that's probably my biggest takeaway love is that. to stay close to God, remain in harmony with him. Yeah, I love that. That that First Nations translation is so good. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's recommend. Yeah, it's it's such a um, what's well, a different perspective, uh, and it's I've, I've learned a lot from from reading it, especially John, the mm-hmm. the stuff out of John that I've read. So, um, yeah, we we talked about that. Uh, we talked about abide a couple weeks ago. And, and I wish I had had that word harmony mm-hmm. in mind because that really ties it together. And we talked, Emily and I talked around that and what abide actually means. And that's such a beautiful word that gives us, uh, and it, it's a word we don't use a whole, a whole lot. Maybe music you know? students. Yeah, so. yeah, just really in music. Um, but it feels like a First Nations word, right? Mm-hmm. Like a, um, this, this harmony, this unity, this this coalescence, you know, that this kind of mystical experience we, we should have with the Trinity, where we are aligning ourselves with that truth. And Jesus is the truth. And Kierkegaard, he's, he says, no matter what you do in life, no matter what you believe, you have to deal with the person of Jesus. Like it's the, it's the rain, it's the water we swim in. Like it's, it's the rain splashing, whether you believe it's there or not, you have to deal with the person of Jesus uh, one way or another um, if you're going to really be honest intellectually mm-hmm. uh, and spiritually and emotionally and mentally. So, uh, yeah, we just want to pray for you guys and bless you in that as we go. Father, thank you for revealing your truth to us. Um, not that you were hiding it, but our hearts were veiled by our sin, by our just what we were born into, but you came and you revealed your truth and light and in love to us so that we can uh, receive what you said, heard you speak that, and then we can speak it in turn and live it out. And so may we just be a church that abides or remains harmoniously with you and in you and walks with you, Jesus, and by you and by what you said and by who you are. So we could be a light to this world and showcase your love in your name. Amen. Amen.